This is a We Are On We production. Live on, it's 5.52pm on the 20th of the 7th, 2017 for me. I have no idea what time it is for you. Probably uh, near 9 o'clock, something like that. It's like, it's a, it, no, it's like 8.52, um, 20th of July, 2017. You're never up this early. Yeah, usually I'm not, but it's, it's, it's just because I've been, my sleep has been completely messed up due to the jet lag. And oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, expe- I've been grounded. I've, yeah, I've been grounded for the last few days because it's like because my head's been all messed up, and also my hearing's been messed up too. It's been has it? three years. Yeah, it's been three years since I've traveled, or at least like properly traveled on plane. There was like there was last year I went to Crete, but that was eh, I didn't really count that as a real holiday because I didn't stay there. I, I think I was only there for like a week. And then, and then uh, just got out would you call, would you call it a holiday? Like personally, I would. Mm. I'd, I'd probably just call it like a very mild visit and then return. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I can I can see that. So you went to you went to the states. Is it that's not it's, that's definitely not the first time, is it? It's not. Yeah, I've been to the states about three times, four times now in my whole life. Oh. The first time mm. I went there, I was there for three months. Mm. Um, the second time I was there for probably one month, and then the third time I was there, it was a, it was two weeks. Um, I think I think it was two weeks. Yeah, because I because we I went over to Maine at around that point, and mm. d- during those times I had no friends in those states. <laughs> this time I did. Um, in in Florida I had um several friends who wanted to meet me in Florida, and um. I had planned uh, with with about three of my friends that we'd all meet up, um, and it, it kind of went to shit, sort of. Like I did, I did see probably two thirds of my friends, but mm. the the other the other one third was I, I just didn't see because of work, and apparently this friend was able to visit me the first week, but it just he was I was like completely messed up by that point. Because I just arrived at the at the airport. Mm. Yeah, because how long how long was the flight? Because it would have like <laughs> it, it would have taken it out of you. It was like eight hours, and Ooh, okay, that's not nice. It's not as bad as say if I were to travel to Australia, which would have been twelve hours. Yeah, that's even worse. That's much worse. Jesus actually, no, actually, no. I think it's longer than twelve hours. I think that's like a whole day. Because from here to Australia, mm. that's a long ass way away. That's like the other side of the planet. Um, yeah, Christ, I, I I'm not traveling to Australia for a while because of that, <laughs> and the flights. Are no, that's horrible. Hell. Yeah, are they really expensive? Been, I mean, I'd I'd have to like it depends on the flight that I decide to pick, but it'll because because if I choose like Virgin. Then they have some pretty good films, and that, that's a good way to pass the time. But if I pick like an airway like Thompson, which was the which was the flight that I took to Florida, that had horrible films. All they had for shows was The Big Bang Theory, and How I Met Your Mother, and oh god, 
Another show that was by the guys who made Big Bang Theory. Ugh. That sounds like a good watch. That sounds like you would have had a great time watching some of television's greatest sitcoms. <laughs> totally, totally, absolutely. No, oh, oh. Speaking of speaking of the Big Bang Theory, did you see that there's like a not a sequel, but more of like a spinoff with Young Sheldon? What? Oh, yeah, there's God. a spinoff with Young Sheldon, and it's like because you know how like he's he's like a hick, not a hick, but like a. His parents are oh, like, like a, know, from like, Alabama or something like that. Oh, like super Texan Southern kind of character. Yeah, and oh. it's and then he's like living in that world, and it's like, oh, it's ridiculous. Let me have a look. Sheldon Cooper. Oh, <laughs> I'm looking this by. up too. <laughs> Young Sheldon, it's called. Oh, oh god, it's Jesus. a prequel series. It is. Oh Jesus Christ! He's oh. nine years old. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is... Mm, no, I really don't understand how something this shit... Like, it's not even... Like... Okay, it's, it has an audience. Like, but be, just because it has an audience doesn't mean it's necessarily good. Like, there's... Yeah. Some parts of Big Bang Theory I don't mind. But, like, it seems... It's like... It's sort of... Um, the same thing with Two and a Half Men. It yeah. was just like became the same thing, same jokes, same rough storylines, like nothing really. But what do you expect from like a like a Big Bang Theory? If I remember correctly, they have like huge seasons. Like what? Let me have a look. They're two hundred ten seasons, two hundred thirty one episodes. Wait, two hundred ten seasons? So much you can do. Wait, not two. No, 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 no. no. Two hundred thirty one episodes. Oh God, that ten ep- ten seasons. God, that scared the shit out of me for a second. I thought it ran for two hundred thirty one seasons, like it's been running oh, for Jesus like hundred years. <laughs> oh fuck, that's funny. But like, they have huge though, seasons. Though EastEnders has been running for like well, almost a hundred years. So, oh, I get mean, you, God, yeah, that's surprised. That's fucking old as yeah. shit. We have an excellent yeah. EastEnders. Where are we? And Neighbours. Like, mm. and, uh, uh, and over there in Australia, you have Neighbours, which has been around since, I think, like the 70s? Yeah, the 60s. at least the 70s. Because I'm looking at... So it's, it was 1985 that EastEnders started. And then Neighbours, which, fun fact, um, Neighbours used to be on um, Channel 10. So, like, one of the main television channels. Mm. And about four or five, maybe even six years ago, the ratings were so shit that it got put to the secondary channel, 11. And the only reason it still survives oh. is because, like, the people from Britain and other countries around Europe love it. It's, like, huge, like, great ratings around there. No one watches it in Australia. Not at all. <laughs> Which is not in... My mum used to go on about... Mm. Uh, apparently, yeah, this started in 1985. Wow, okay. Jesus Christ. Later on than I thought. But it's still going. I know. It's still fucking going. How? Oh. I it's it's cheap. Well, what it, what's the, what do you call it? It's it's a, it's a soap opera, and mm. it's just like cheap. There's nothing much to it. Yeah, there's like exactly. There's nothing much to it. Mm. But like a few good, great stars have come out of these like these sort of shows. Like I know from Neighbors, if I remember correctly. Um. Oh fuck! Now I'm ex- forgetting exactly who it is. She's in. She was in Suicide Squad. Oh, the blonde chick. She. What's her name? Um, and she was in 
fucking the other movie with the wolf of wall street as the wife what's the name oh um, shit oh i think i know um crap oh yeah Ma- Ma- margot robbie yeah margot, margot robbie. robbie that's it margot yeah robbie? shit she was in neighbors yeah she saw on she was in neighbors wow yeah huh that's interesting. i remember when i was like 12 years old and she's like in high school and dating some blonde guy and then she left and then she was on suicide squad a few years later yeah as harley quinn yeah god and uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely oh. knew her from. I first knew her from um, Wolf of Wall Street, as um, as Jordan Belfort's wife, and she was like this 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 dumb blonde character with who's actually kind of like one of the more somewhat relatable characters because she's like she kind of sees how fucking horrible Jordan Belfort is by 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 the end of the movie, and she kind of like she she escapes him in the end. She's done. She has done very, very well for herself. Yeah, like extremely well. Yeah, she was yeah, also she was in, in um, a movie called The Big Short as well, which was like she in The Big Short. Yeah, she was in The Big Short. Hmm. It was the weirdest cameo though, because because um, they had a narrator talking about the stock market or whatever, and then they were like, "All right, here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub explaining the stock system." And then they just had what like the f- it was so weird, and it was like, and it went on for like five minutes, and it was such a strange moment. And then after a while, I just kind of stopped watching because I got really weirded out by the fact that Margot Robbie was in a bathtub explaining economics to me, and that was that's weird. That, was the end of that, that is just what yeah. an odd cameo. Like, imagine her agent calling up about yeah. that. Like, hey, you've got the, we want we want you to play yourself. In a bathtub. Yeah. And we want you to... Like, that's just... Oh, like... What? That's, that's a very odd... That's a very odd... <laughs> a very odd cameo. But I wonder how much she would have get, got paid for that. For something like that. You know, just playing herself, sitting in a bathtub. Seems like a, like a pretty good... Like, that's pretty relaxed. Mm. There's not much... There's not much acting in that. Yeah. I guess it's like after the Wolf of Wall Street, there were like... She was in, like, higher demand after that. It's like... It's like Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. Martin Scorsese is really kind of the guy who's really who's really bringing actors back and really making actors more um, more popular, I guess. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, he was already famous, but he just like after stuff like Aviator and um, and like Wolf of Wall Street and everything else that he's done with Leo, he's just become more more of a famous guy and figurehead in acting and stuff. It was. It, it, it's also kind of funny seeing like Leonardo DiCaprio in his early, earlier years. Because I was watching, um, I was watching this series called, um, called Best of the Worst, um, mm. which is a series by my favorite YouTube channel at the moment, Red Letter Media. Red Letter Media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love their Wheel of the Worst series. It's probably my favorite. And um, I was watching their newest one, and they they spun the wheel. As this wheel of VHS tapes, and they they landed on a VHS tape called "Hanging with Leo," and it was just oh Jesus Christ! And it was like it, it, they they had on the front the unauthorized documentary, like they admit that it's oh. kind of kind of creepy, somewhat that it's like they 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 are aware that they're very honest about Leo not wanting this to exist. And um, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> and they had this, they had this one moment 
that that um that uh, the episode of Best of the Worst showed where they where they where they had like a hole cut through this gate, uh, in, in this beach zone, and then they just had the camera zoom in on Leonardo DiCaprio running in the uh, running on the beach, and it was like something out of a weird horror movie, where it has that one shot of like a little hole, and it's like you're seeing the perspective of the serial killer, like viewing the the victim. It's wonderful. That is that is that is just odd to think about. Like just me trying to imagine that in my head. What an odd scene. Yeah. Um. Like I want to. What real. I want to mention. There was. I watched a movie the other night. What was it? I watch many movies every night. There's a new movie. Yeah. But it was, and it's a movie I'd seen before. Well, and it was a was it? biographical drama. Oh, of course, it was Jobs. It was Jobs oh. with, um. What do you call it? What's his name? Ashton Kutcher as yeah, Steve Ashton Jobs. Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs, yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you seen that one? Um, I haven't. I've heard of it, though. I've, I've heard a lot of things about it. Is, is it Did any you good? see the one that came out? What? Is, it, is Jobs mm-hmm. any good? I like Jobs. I, like, I liked it more than what... So that one was directed by... I'm just trying to... Let me try and remember who it was. It was directed mm-hmm. by... Joshua Michael Stern, and he he's directed something big. I know he directed something big. Hmm. Maybe he didn't. No, he didn't. He hasn't. He's only like you know only directed a handful of films. But there was. Did you did you hear the one that was a few years ago? It was 2015. So Jobs was 2013 with Ashton Kutcher. Hmm. 2015 there was Steve Jobs, which was directed by the same guy who directed The Social Network about oh. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. Oh and that. yeah 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 um. Shit, I should remember. He did seven. He did. Um, mm, he did a few. Yeah, he did a lot of movies. Actually, he was also the director of Gone Girl as well. Was he really? Yeah, I mean, if if he's the same guy you're talking about who did the Social Network, then yeah. I think I swear it was. If, if I have a look, yeah, it should be. Maybe it's not the same director. Yeah, David Fincher. No, but it is. Yeah. I s- is it? No, it's not. It's a different director. No. I'm incorrect. Same writer. Oh, you, you confused me, director. piece of shit. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. Aaron Sorkin, who wrote... He oh. wrote Moneyball as well. Oh. He wrote He wrote a, f- a fuckload of good good movies. I'm just trying to think. He wrote Moneyball. He wrote um, The Social Network. He wrote... Oh, he wrote on the... He wrote on the... Wet, did, you, did you ever see The West Wing? No, I've heard of it, though. No, yeah, there's a few, and it, he's written a bunch of plays. He's very, hmm. he he's written a lot of more. Um, I don't know how to explain it. See, the, he only hmm. recently he's been he only sort of delved back into because he did a lot of plays. He writ, he wrote plays initially. Oh, really? That was like that's yeah. So that's he's one of those sort of writers. He's delved. He was in plays before he did. Oh. Before he did that. But yeah, it's interesting. So between what I was going to say was so Jobs and Steve Jobs, the two different movies. <laughs> Jobs I liked more than Steve Jobs, but Jobs got worse reviews by the critics, huh. which is interesting. Oh, it's like a whole shit. Steve Jobs is it's, Steve it's, Jobs. It's, Steve Jobs is directed by Danny Boyle. Oh my god, Danny Boyle, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's the twenty-eight days later it, guy. It is too, isn't it? Which is. It's so like it's interesting, and I didn't really like I didn't like Steve Jobs that much. Like, I thought, oh, it's Danny, it's directed by Danny Boyle, who's directed a number of great films, mm. and it's written by Annie, by Aaron Sorkin. 
like oh yeah slumdog millionaire 127 hours 28 days later shallow shallow grave and train spotting train spotting which is a, yeah. yeah train spotting is a really good movie um, but and oh but, that's interesting mm. he also produced elephant have you heard of that movie oh, did he really i don't think i have it's pretty interesting actually it's basically about the columbine shooting that's Ooh, really? essentially what it's about um kind of it's like um it's it's basically just a a, a movie about like it's basically structured around school shootings and how um it, they they sort of have um oh wait maybe i'm confusing it with a different movie actually yeah i probably am because there's another movie with the with the with the name with the word elephant in the title um which is about the loosely based off of the columbine shooting but i think this is something else this might be something else i don't know but, yeah I, th- I think it yeah. is because i just i just found elephant actually the film so it chronicles the events around. This is this is an odd. It's t- this has turned into a bit of a film, a filmy episode yeah. of the podcast. But like um, Elephant, two thousand three. Yeah, it's based mm. in what high school in the suburbs of Portland, Oregon? Chronicles the events surrounding the school shooting. Yeah, that's based it. Based in part. That's, yeah, so that's it's based in part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and they had, yeah, because I've seen bits and pieces of the film, and there was this one part where they showed basically a video game. Is the it's the the killer is playing a video game and they're basically insinuating that video games are sort of what pushed this to happen. To happen. Um, that was one of the reasons why it got so much criticism when it came out by a lot of people because it basically insinuated that oh video games were the the cause of this event and not the parents um, and not like you know mental illness, um, but. Apparent, but actually, the film kind of like kind of goes into both that, like video games are sort of like a slight push, but it, it was mainly also the uh, mental illness and the bullying as well, um, because the the murderers uh, or the you know the kids um, are bullied earlier on, earlier on in the movie, and then yeah, and then the whole shooting happens. It's a it's a pretty messed up movie, and uh, it's it's pretty good. So that's that's one good recommendation for everyone listening. Elephant, it's pretty good. It's directed by Gus Van Sant, who is um, who's uh, an interesting man. <laughs> an interesting man, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, you know, he's got problems. Jesus. But he also worked on Goodwill Hunting, which is yeah, great. That's a great. Goodwill Hunting's yeah. great. Um, yeah. I think pretty much everyone can agree that's great. Um, at school, I was a very, I was about, I was about to say, I was a very big fan of the Columbine High School massacre, but I think that would be mm. taken out of context. I was very interested. Yeah. <laughs> I was very interested in specifically that school shooting and some other school shootings. Like it's just, it's very interesting how people can be pushed mm. to that limit. Yeah. Like it really, I don't know. Like I remember, I read so much about it, and like how there was, um, like the people like like he killed. Like I remember like reading through the whole Wikipedia article, and just find like it's just because I'm really into the I'm really into the crimey stuff. Like I love, I love like watching. I used to watch Law and Order all the time, because hmm. I really found that was a, it was a good, yeah, it was a good representation of that. Like like it was it was dark. A lot of it is really yeah. dark. 
I really, I, I don't know. Yes, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed reading about the Columbine High School massacre. It's a, it's interesting how two and how big it got. They killed like twelve kids, I think it was. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. And then themselves, hmm. and it was, I was going to say revolutionary, and I guess it is in a way. Like they're the first of their kind. Like it's, it, it's probably the biggest school shooting of all time. I believe it is. I believe it's the yeah. It was known as the deadliest high school shooting in U.S. history at, at the time. Yeah. And that was like heavily based around their their uh, mental illness as well, and it's interesting uh, learning about it and reading up about it because I I also was I I, I, may, I mostly read about um, mostly about the effects of it rather than um, the actual events because um, I remember mm. Marilyn Manson um, talking about it because Marilyn Manson got a lot of criticism. Uh, because of the events, because of the fact that, uh, because the the people behind the shooting happen to be really big fans of Marilyn Manson, and um, a bit of Quentin Tarantino as well, so Marilyn Manson got a lot of got a lot of fire about it, and after those events, he would still get interviewed about it. To even to this day, he sometimes get gets asked about it, and he hates it. He hates he hates it so much because he once said in an, in an interview about it how how the the news the the media outlets didn't focus on the victims they focused on the the people that killed them rather than the people that should be remembered about it and I, I, that really stuck uh, that really stuck with me because it it kind of like it, it kind of rings true for a lot of media outlets and how they they focus so much on on the the people that did it rather than the than the people who died, um, and that was a really powerful thing to hear from um, from Marilyn Manson, and he 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 talked about it in such a rational way, uh, so much more rational than say um, Quentin Tarantino that <laughs> that would just be so irrationally <laughs> pissed off about mm-hmm. it, understandably so, um, and then Marilyn Manson's just like calmly explaining that. It's not so much his music that's the problem; it's how the parents raise the children that's the problem. Yeah, it is. There's a lot. There were, there's so many factors that, like, you can't blame mm. one thing. Yeah, you really can't. Like the media. That's what I think. Like it. It was so big because it was the first. Because it was the first time that, like, obviously it was one of the hugest sort of like. Um, what do you call it? One of the biggest, one of the dead, like one of the deadliest shootings in a lo- like in a long, long time. It created this social commentary around sort of like what was to blame. Do you know what I mean? Which like like mm. and then it, like that's that led to like video games cause violence mm. and how heavy metal and a lot of like well, like goth music as they say or the goth subculture causes violence. And all this other stuff, like that's what led, which it wasn't. They were mentally, they were disturbed. One of them, as I just read a second ago, was clinically was was like they concluded that he was a clinical psychopath. Like there was something wrong with him. There was something wrong with his with, with his head. Mm. That's that's sort of like that. That's what pushes a lot of people. And some things, I think, uh, there was this one movie I saw that ties into this. Um, into sort of like how how 
um, how things, how like even even normal people have that inside them, and it was um, this movie called the um, uh, the Sanford Experiment or the Sanford Prison Experiment. Um, I, I watched it back in America because, God, the American Netflix is so great because I because I just saw all these movies that I actually really wanted to see and was interested in seeing, and so one night I decided to stay up all night watching a couple films. And the first film I saw was the Sanford Prison Experiment. And uh, have you ever heard of this experiment? No, I haven't. No, no, oh, no. oh, this should be fun to tell. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll just have a short summary of it. But basically, it was an experiment that happened in Sanford, Florida, which was actually around the area that I was staying in, uh, which was made it all the more Ooh. spooky. But basically, uh, a college professor, a psychology, pro- uh, a psychology college professor... Um, put up a posting looking for a bunch of young kids to basically perform the role, perform these two roles. The first role was a police officer, a, a warden, basically, uh, not warden, but you know, a police officer in charge of this, uh, in charge of this prison. And then the second role was a prison guard. Yeah, a prison guard. Yeah. yeah. So you had the prison guards, and then you had the prisoners. And so they rounded them all up, and the pay was about, I think, 10 bucks a day. And they had to do this for two weeks. 15 hours. I think, yeah, 15 or so. But they had to do this for about mm. two weeks or so, or a week or two. And mm. so, yeah, they started it up. Uh, they had all these kids. They interviewed them. And then they just asked them questions about their personality, what they are, their health and stuff, and just medical records. And then they built up this small little prison. It's kind of this really cheap, crappy little prison. It wasn't a real prison at all, but um, they just put it in the in the little hallway in in Sanford College. And then, yeah, they they basically let them all go. They um, they actually let them all go, and they the people who that they assigned as the prisoners, they actually got like kind of pretend arrested. (laughs) <laughs> out on the street and this happened i think uh about 1972 mm-hmm. so they were rounded up in the in the college prison and at first the first day went fine um and the police uh, the police uh you know pl- prison guards they they were you know having a bit of fun goofing around a little bit joking around and it was just normal it started out fine um kind of it went a bit you know Asking, asking the prisoners to take their clothes off in front of them, and they were all on camera, so they had the uh, college professor kind of like, okay, let's see how they how they do this. Then it start, started started to get a bit out of control, and by I think the third day, the the yeah the prison guards started to get really really fucking controlling and insane. Uh, started, they gave them numbers. They completely stripped their identity, mm-hmm. and they were acting like actual prison guards, even though they had no prior knowledge of how a prisoner gu- prison guard works. They went completely nuts with their control, and they started physically believing that it was an actual prison, and that what they were in at that very moment was a real situation. And the the prisoners were like, "Oh my God, we're we're gonna die in here." They they were given barely any food, and they were just going insane. And 
the prison guards were like yelling and screaming and, and going uh, just just beating on them basically um, mentally and physically. And then by I think the sixth day or uh, yeah about the sixth day, um, the professor decided to cut it off. He even he was starting to actually get a bit of the power control as well. And one of the uh, one of the kids that was one of the prison guards uh, actually turned out to be um, a complete sadist, and he only found out about his sadism during that experiment. And that experiment actually turned him into an actual sadist, and um, so did all the other prison guards. And so, yeah, thank thankfully none of none of the experiments gave any long time long term effects, long term mental effects. Didn't scar them permanently, but it definitely messed them up for for that whole for the, for the next several months. And so yeah, the movie I think covered that whole that whole experiment really well, and it was a really really disturbing film while also I think covering it really well. That sounds like a bloody interesting movie. Cuz I was just looking at who's in yeah. that, and it and has it was... a few like the the actor that sort of stands out to me is Ezra Miller, who was seen as like obviously like he's one of the the more well-known names from it. And he was he was really good in Fuck! What's that movie? Um, Perks of being a being a wallflower, and he played that role extremely well. Mm. And he seems like yeah, he's, he's someone yeah. yeah, he's someone I'd I'd always thought is a pretty good actor. And he see is he one of the is he one of the main ones yeah, in there, or is he sort of just like like is there a, is there a lead actor in there necessarily? Um, yeah, there is, and that's the uh, the college mm. professor. Uh, pl- uh, Philip Zimbardo, played by Billy Crudrup, who's um, I was I, I, I know him quite well for um, this one film that's also set during the seventies. Forgot the name of it though. Yeah, Billy Crudrup is a good actor, and he did a really good job. Yeah, and um, also the uh, it's it's yeah, this whole thing really happened. It was sort of it was used as an example of how 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 like how how normal people can actually turn into complete psychopaths if put in the right situation. Um, and so that's sort of like proof that anyone can be kind of in, uh, anyone can be a sadist. If, if put in power, they can turn into horrible, horrible human beings. Um, and that sort of comes back to the Columbine incident with, with how these kids were, were given power and that was a gun. And that's sort of they went crazy with it and killed people because they were in power. They they were the um, the opposite end of of the gun. And so yeah, it was it was sort of like that sense of power struggle. And in, in a way, that experiment was really useful, but also incredibly unethical. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Have you? I wanted to admit, I wanted to bring up because like that sort of film, it's sort of. Not experimental, but it sort of gives me that sort of vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's quite different to like a lot of other huge mainstream films. And have you seen any of the movies by Harmony Kareen? No, that is he did. Not a name he did Spring familiar. Breakers, and he did. Oh, he did Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. He did Gummo. Oh. Yeah, and he oh, did. Shit. Have I've, you I've have you ever of, seen the, the film? I've heard of Spring Breakers. Hmm. I've seen a bit of it, and it's interesting. 
Because that's it is it's yeah it's yeah. it is yeah because that's about a bunch I, of like girls that go that a bunch of girls that like form a group and then they get like a a pimp and stuff and that pimp is controlling them or something yeah it is know. and it's very yeah that's that, it's pretty much I guess you yeah pretty much that's what happens but I'm just if I just look at because it has Vanessa Hudgens which is a very interesting. Um, bloody person being that. Selena Gomez as well. Ashley Benson from um, Pretty Little Liars. Wow. And it starts, like, the, the pimp or is James Franco. And his name is, if I look at what his name is, he's called Alien. He's a local rapper slash gangster. He's based off, oh, who's that? Riff Raff. Have you heard, have you heard huh. of... He's like, you know, he's just like one of these underground rap artists. But yeah, like he was yeah, based yeah. heavily off that. And p- the mainstream media, they, the critics, they didn't like it. Hmm. Actually, no. Other way, no, I was wrong. It had favorable, favorable reviews. But it's, not, it's definitely not a mainstream film. Mm. The way it's, it's structured as well is, dev- yeah. is very, very different to the norm that they expect in Hollywood. It's interesting. The Have way you it's ever shot heard of? Well. Yeah, sorry, mm. go ahead. What? Yeah, it, it 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 is. What I was going to mention was kids. Had you ever seen? It's like a mid nineties film because it was written by Harmony Kareen and directed by this guy called Larry Clark. Had you heard of it at all? Um, no, I haven't. I've never heard of this stuff. Cause yeah, yeah, cause I cause I only found him from um. I was just looking up experimental films, and it led to one one lead thing led to another. Anyway, I watched this film, and it's about these. It's based about around these sexually active teenagers in New York, mm. and like they're like they're all they're doing drugs on the street, and they're having sex all the time, and um, yeah. like it was at the height of like the AIDS epidemic, and like one of the main characters ends up getting AIDS, and like oh, it's like it's really fucked up. Like there's like a seventeen year old kid making out with a girl, like, like a 12-year-old girl. Oh, my God. And, like, there's all these, like, really stuff, like, like, they're kids. Yeah. Like, they're kids, and they're playing these, oh, it's, it's a very interesting film to watch. Oh. It's, oh, it's, it's, because it, there was a lot of controversy around yeah, it. Yeah, because it was, it caused, oh, God, like, there this was, was 95. Of, that, yeah, that was definitely when the AIDS mm. scare was going on. And, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting watch. Yeah. And also, Larry Clark as a director is quite is quite odd. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know much of his work. Interesting though. And also, he's, oh, he's very he's very. I, I, I see like Harmony Kareens, and then I find a, a film that he did called Last Days, which is interesting because it's about Kurt Cobain. Oh, is yeah, it really? I I am actually interested in this because I've been I've been fascinated in um, Kurt Cobain's history and his death as well because um because lately i've been listening to a lot of nirvana and in my opinion i think i think nirvana is probably one of the best bands of all time or uh, probably one of the more influential bands of all time and um sort of like his his the way i was like watching a bunch of interviews with kurt cobain and how he talked and um, I read a few comments, and one of the comments was sort of like my thoughts pretty much summed up, and it was, I can't believe this man is dead. And it, it doesn't feel like this man actually is, like, dead right now, because he, he, he feels too 
he, he feels too like um rational to to rational of a man to have gone the way he did and he just seemed like such an incredibly respectable and, and nice man despite his persona that he set up he was a really decent guy and apparently Gus Van Sant made a movie about his his last moments alive interestingly and it brings us back to um Gus Van Sant the director of Last Days as we were talking about who directed Elephant. Yeah. And yeah, because I was just looking at um, Gus Van Zandt, because he went, he was like a sort of an indie art house filmmaker and then broke yeah. out into the mainstream with like, because he, from what I can see, he was involved in um, some, some of Kevin Smith's works. Oh God, was he? He was. If I look, at least that's what I am seeing right here. Let me have another look. Oh, God, I hope not. No, incorrect. Because <laughs> Kevin no, Smith incorrect. and Gus Van Sant are completely different directors. And no, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, oh, because what, um, what do you call it? No, it was Goodwill Hunting. That was the, yeah. that's his big film. That was his mainstream mm. success. And then everything else was sort of like small. Like he did, he did the 90s remake of Psycho, which I didn't actually know. Like looking this up, I didn't actually know that. No, yeah, I was just about—I was just about to mention that Psycho because that's a classic Alfred Hitchcock film. Yeah, I, did, I I've never seen the remake. I've heard bits and pieces of it. I've heard it's okay. I don't know though. There's a lot of Gus Van Sant movies I need to see because I'm kind of barely catching myself up on a lot of big directors. Lately, I've been—I've been trying to actually get myself into this one director, Wes Anderson. If if you've ever heard of him, oh yes, yeah, I definitely. Have. I've only just now been actually n- recognizing his existence. I saw th- the only movie that I'd actually seen from him was uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, but I didn't see his other movies. And I I kind of want to talk about a bit about him because I think he's actually probably one of my favorite directors now. <laughs> He he has this. He's got a great style. He's got an amazing very, style. God, I love really Wes does. Anderson's look. Yeah, like I I think one of my favorite movies of all time is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. It's one of my favorite films mm. of all time now, and I can't believe it took me so long to finally watch it. I watched it also in America. By the way. If if you can't already tell, most of the time I spent in America was watching movies. <laughs> so, yeah, the one You're on I, holidays I watched in this of, great country. Yeah, and, oh. <laughs> and I just sitting sitting at home <laughs> watching a bunch of movies, and Wes Anderson was oh, the big funny. one. I watched um yeah, I pretty much watched every Wes Anderson movie they had on Netflix. I I saw um I saw Moonrise Kingdom. I saw Grand Budapest Hotel. I saw um, I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox and Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And um, I think Life Aquatic is definitely my favorite out of all of them. But Moonrise Kingdom is also really great too. Um, but yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. Have you have you seen uh, Moonrise Kingdom? No, I haven't. No. Oh, it's fantastic. It's it's about like two twelve year old kids finding love. <laughs> it's really weird because they because they just they, they they fall in love. It's like a weird thing. It's like one of these kids. It's like the boy is like this little scout. 
he's part of this like group of scouts called the Khaki Scouts, and uh, he finds he, he 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 like he sees this this girl in a in when in, in like a play, and he and he goes all the way back backstage just to see her, and he just happens like by complete coincidence to see her, and then they just kind of fall in love after a while, and it's uh, pretty surreal. I love it. It's it's a fantastic film. I've loved every single film that Wes Anderson has ever made so far. Um, I definitely like people listening. I also recommend watching every film that Wes Anderson has made, even the one that was critically panned, like Life Aquatic. By the way, Life Aquatic was his most panned film, and I have no idea why. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful film, and and. Not just because it's funny, but because it genuinely is a really powerful, um, emotionally powerful film. Because it's it's a simple story and simple plot, where Bill Murray, Bill Murray's like assistant, is killed by a shark, um, by a, like, a weird creature uh, un- under the sea, and and he vows to 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 kill it for revenge, and so he goes uh, he goes there and he's like. A bunch of goof, goofy stuff happens, and um, by the end of the movie, he he he's like his he 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 finds that really he actually it didn't exist, and he's forever lost un- under under the sea. It's 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 it sounds bloody good. It's really great, and it's pretty hilarious too, because it's Bill Murray's sense of comedic timing is wonderful in Wes Anderson's films. I think he's probably it's probably some of the best work he's ever done because it's it has this really great sense of comedic timing as well as the music as well. And they have this um I there, there's this one guy who's who's on the who's on the ship that's like the, this musician and he's playing a bunch of David Bowie covers throughout the whole movie. <laughs> and I don't even know why he Fuck is no. and if you listen to the soundtrack you can actually hear the complete covers. And they're pretty decent, mm. but they're not like in English. They're in um, they're in some other language. I can't remember what language it was, but yeah, it was, it's it's pretty it's pretty great. It's very Wes Anderson ish, and um, also Fantastic Mr. Fox is a classic. I think that's like I think that's one of those films that anyone can enjoy more or less. It's like I, I was watching Fantastic Mr. Fox with my friend Stu. Uh, shout out to Stu, by the way. He's a lovely boy. And uh, we were just watching it, and he's usually kind of heavily critical of films. He he hates most films that, that I happen to enjoy. But Fantastic Mr. Fox, he just loved. And it's like everyone I've ever shown that movie to, they've all, they've always loved it. Because it's such a, it's such a like, it's a funny movie as well as it as being like a really great heartfelt story, with um, a lot of really adult jokes for a children's film. This is why this is why you don't hire an adult movie director to make your children's movie. But yeah. Oh god, that's funny. Yeah, I need to I need to rewatch that. Mm. Fantastic Mr. Fox. The first time I watched it, it's a while ago. It's a great film. Mm. Before, I wanted to say before we, before we sort of wrap things up, do you know that there's one person who is a he's a regular he well in the beginning he was quite regular as a collaborator writing, but mm. then but then after that it's sort of just he just starred in his films. Who was in a lot of Wes Wes Anderson films and he was like a collaborator with him in the beginning. 
He's a big mainstream actor now, and he was in some of those big Wes Anderson film Wes Anderson films. Do you know who it was? No, I don't. This is a it lot was, of it's Owen Wilson. Oh shit! Oh yeah. Yeah, he used to write with him. He used to write his Wes Anderson's initial films. They wrote them together. They co-wrote them. Oh my god! I didn't know that. I didn't know. No, it's it's that's it's crazy to it's crazy to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know. That actually explains why I see Owen Wilson in like most of his films. Whoa. Yeah, it's interesting. He's because he has a lot of the same guys. Like he, like Bill Murray is in a, a lot of them, mm. like a hell of a lot of them. Now that I look at it, yeah, and Willem Dafoe yeah, as well. Interesting. Yeah, he is too, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. But then, well, this has been a this has been a good episode. I like a bit. I like a yeah. bit of film talk, and I yeah. hope our fans, our six of six fans. <laughs> I like. I hope they. Uh, this is sad. All my all my podcasts end with me joking about how we have no people listening. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I know my life. My life is just sad. This has been a We Are On We production. Head to onwe.tv for more. <laughs>